Hello and welcome to another episode of Thinking Critically, a D&D discussion. A podcast where we take a single word or topic and discuss what it means within the D&D 5e and wider TTRPG framework. Each episode, I'm joined by a different guest to dissect a different topic. And today, I'm joined by Seven Draws to Six from the Seventh Roll Actual Play. Thank you ever so much for joining us today, Seven. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, so I'm Seven Draws to Six. I run the uh, YouTube channel and Twitch stream of Seventh Roll, where we uh, do some actual play shenanigans. Uh, we're currently running uh, a self-written campaign uh, called Demons of Imanad, where I lead five people through a world infested by demons. Uh, it's a D&D campaign because 5th edition has been most of my time spent, but I also have a couple of other things, like we're also uploading a Savage Worlds Deadlands campaign right now on the YouTubes, and uh, I've been a DM for about five to six years now, so I do have some experience under my belt, but you know, and I think that's most of it. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. That's something I hadn't thought about in my notes, but we'll touch upon it later in terms of how different TTRPGs deal with the topic of today's show, which perfectly brings me on to the topic of today's show is death. So what does that mean to you in the D&D and wider TTRPG framework? Death is something that's always kind of interested me as a topic because there's a lot of people that talk about death as if it's a bad thing, as if it's something that's not allowed to happen like ever. Mm -hmm. uh, you're not allowed to kill your players, which I personally just think is complete bullshit. Mm -hmm. um, I think death is something that if you do it correctly, you can make such beautiful stories out of it that it's something that you just need to learn a little bit how to deal with it and how to go around it and how to handle it when one of your player characters inevitably dies mm. it's a subject that i have come into contact with a lot in tabletop rpg specifically outside of that as well but that's not important um especially like just i think about a couple of weeks ago we actually had like three player deaths in in the streamed campaign and you know it happens and at that point you make sure that you play around it and i think that's just such an interesting little tidbit of, of tabletop rpgs that more people should handle so yeah no <laughs> mm. mm. yeah, that's i mean i'm i'm shuddering to think what some people are listening are thinking about you as a dm with your like your <laughs> your kill rate behind you uh historically i have a very high kill rate <laughs> if you compare <laughs> it to some other things i'm like oh my god am i a murder hobo or what um, <laughs> murder hobo dm wow okay <laughs> yeah haven't heard that no. one yet have you <laughs> no me neither uh but hey you should you're the first person so you're, you're you know you're a, tra a trendsetter a trailblazer yeah it's um, a new trend let's go <laughs> i'll put that on like but, on my curriculum vitae like murder hobo dm <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's and that's it you don't need anything else uh, yeah exactly <laughs> but no i i completely agree with your initial sentiment there of like it's a part of the game just in the same way that rolling to hit is a part of the game yeah, like exactly. it's it's just a natural part of the game and people shouldn't be scared of it and i i do find i found it absolutely what you've described there is almost like a preciousness around people's characters mm -hmm. which i don't know whether it's because i'm like cynical and heartless but <laughs> i i would be totally okay if my character were to die like i'm not about to try and find loopholes or get annoyed at other players or other characters i'm just like well that's whoops that's a series of events that have led to that occurring yeah exactly you know you know yeah let, let's just think about how to to move on um so yeah i do think there's a certain amount of player preciousness and i think a good symptom of that is the the classic trope of like you've got a character bill who's just died oh well here comes jill his sister who is <laughs> identical and i think that's a symptom yeah. of like people not wanting to let their characters go yeah exactly exactly so yeah no i so i guess your players don't are, are, are equally not precious about their characters then <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't say that they are pretty precious about their characters but i've always tried to still make it so that even if their characters dies there's still like this feeling of like you know they still had an impact on the world you know we've we've had it with a couple of characters where all of a sudden one of the characters dies and then a little later down the line their sister that they described to me in their backstory comes up and is like hey so where's this character it's like um and then just look at your players as they realize in horror that it's like, wait, that one's dead. 
Um, mm. How do we explain this now? <laughs> yeah. And it, it gives them their feeling of like the story's not done, even if they're dead. Mm-hmm. And and that helps with, with those kinds of things. It's never really fun to lose characters. I've had players who, when their characters died, they just had to like take a 30 minute break and just went off to cry somewhere because literally wow. they were that like, you know, attached to their character. Mm-hmm. But I was like, yeah, you know, it happens. Mm. Yeah. It's a, a, one of those things you, you sort out up front to say like, this is a potential thing that can happen yeah exactly and best you know best be prepared but uh, i think that's ha- having that risk there is it better than the alternative which is having the dm and the players jump through hoops to stop the characters from dying or you know to find alternatives or to fudge dice or whatever none of that sits particularly comfortably with me especially because like and, and this is something that a lot of people that like are not averse to death say if you start doing that, you set a precedent that can be very dangerous, like later down the line. Mm-hmm. Because the moment it's like, oh, my character dies, but he doesn't really, then it's like, oh, well, then it really doesn't matter what I do. I'll just go and shit on the king's head, so to speak. And, yeah. uh, you know, I won't die because you won't kill me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and then the DM is in such an awkward position because they're like, well, I, we kind of don't want the player characters to die, but they're doing weird absurd stuff so how can i bend <laughs> the universe to kind of make this okay well it turns out the king likes being shit on so yeah jokes on you <laughs> it's a fetish <laughs> <laughs> well i think that's a new record seven minutes in and we're talking about fetishes so i think that's <laughs> that's one for the the thinking yes! critically bingo <laughs> i'm a trendsetter in so many ways <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This one you might not want to put on your CV, though. Yeah, uh, <laughs> probably not. Probably not. <laughs> uh, I'll stick so, to murder hobo DM. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've semi recently had my first. I know I've just said like I'm adverse to it all, but I, honestly, the players have never been in a position where they've they've been close, but they've never actually been outright dead, which is something I want to talk about a bit later on. But um, mm-hmm. so I've recently had one player character bite the bullet kick the bucket and in a way it was kind of even if i'd had wanted to fudge or had wanted to bend the rules it was kind of taken out of my hands and those that listen will know this story of he died to gibbering mouthers Mm. which are just like mindless mouths that consume and it's even written in their stat block rules is written if if Mm -hmm. you know a gibbering mouther kills them that they consume the body So I was like, yep, you, you know, it was like a Terminator 2 thing of like his body being consumed through this mass and it just disappeared. And I was like, yeah, Yeah. he's, he's gone. Uh, (laughs) And I think the player knew because he's a bit more experienced. He was like, yep, I know I'm boned. I'm just going to sit here and in stoicism. But a couple of the other newer players were like, oh, don't worry, we'll we'll finish this combat and then we'll kind of like dig through the mess and we'll pop a cure wounds or a healing word and it'll be right as rain. And I was just thinking like, nah. Yeah, (laughs) that's not how that works. That that ship has sailed. I was like, you find nothing. Like nothing is left. (laughs) Maybe like a couple of the magical MacGuffins because of reasons that the gibbering mouthers can't or don't want to consume them. But everything else is gone. (laughs) Yeah, Uh uh-huh. In a way, it was, as I said, it was like taken out of my hand because I didn't have to be like, oh, you know, you rolled, the, an NPC comes along and casts Cure Wounds or whatnot. It was like, nah, he's, he's fucked. He's gone. Yeah, exactly. GG. Yeah. Completely gone. No no chance of, of pop him in the bag of holding. No chance of let's get him to a cleric. No chance of gentle repose. Nah. Nah. <laughs> in, in, in response to that, like, it's even more fun if like, your players know that they can resurrect the body, but they don't know what's going to happen to it. Because mm. I had a specific situation. I was uh, playing a new campaign, and we had our first character death as well. But the thing was, uh, that car- campaign very heavily uh, was around corruption. Mm-hmm. And there was one, you know, the big bad evil pretty much had these, like, orbs. They were corruption orbs. And if you touch them, you started feeling the corruption, like, flow through your body. And if you started getting, uh, you know, affected by it too much, you'd go crazy and you'd, you know, be controlled by the evil. And at mm-hmm. a certain point in time, one of the players had, like, gone off because, you know, split the party is always the perfect answer to everything. And he'd gone off and he'd run into one of the big bad evil's uh, close followers who had just looked at him 
taken an orb and just shoved it into his chest and said, you're mine now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a little later down the line, I had control of that player character now. And okay. they all of a sudden have to fight their old friend, completely corrupted. Mm. So they kill him. And then they're like, wait, but if we resurrect him, isn't he just going to come back corrupted? Yeah. And there was this question of like, do we try? Do we? Because they didn't know how to cure the corruption at that point. They had no clue. And it was like, do we cure him? Do we leave him dead? What? Like, what are we going to do? And <laughs> I think there was like a 30 minute talk about like, what are we going to do with this? Yeah. And they ended up like chopping him into bits and throwing him into the ocean. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, why the hell not? That's the normal uh, answer, right? Yeah, when in doubt, uh, that's a mantra I live by, yep. Uh, <laughs> when in doubt, if he's dead, make sure that he's definitely never coming back. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I love that question, though, that you got, you know, the players had to ask themselves of, like, should we do this, but could he come back just as bad as he went? That, that's such an interesting high-risk, high-stakes situation to be in i love that that situation you want to know the worst part like about a year later in the campaign they get the exact same question asked by one of the player characters is in like npc father and there they were like well we'll save this one (laughs) (laughs) wow yeah okay Uh so yeah all of these like stories and anecdotes are great around this this topic it, and it ties back to what you opened with and that it can lead to these interesting decisions these interesting discussions and even in a, in a even in a classic vanilla you're fighting bandits and the bandits kill one of the play, like outright kill one of the player characters and then mm-hmm. the rest of the guys route route the bandits oh we'll cast you know if he's on death saves cure wounds if he's outright dead we will do gentle repose or spare the dying or whatever they Whatever they are, I think spare the dying is when you're making death saves off the top of my head. Uh, yep, but gentle indeed. repose is the one that means you've got like seven days to sort them out. Ten days, I think. Yeah, um, and it's like it, it's just quite. I mean, it's still uh, there's a resource cost there, and there's still like how do we lug this corpse around? So even in like the most vanilla situation, it's still opportunity to role play. It's still opportunity mm-hmm. to think about how would my character react to this stimulus of one of our companions being very, very, very close to not, never coming back, yep. depending on some variables that are completely out of our control. Like, does someone have general repose? Do they have the reagents? Can we get somewhere in time? Do we have the money to pay that person? Or do we have the 500 gold to cast, you know, resurrect or revivify indeed? Right, yep. So yeah, that you know, even those are the questions to players that make them debate resource use, which is happens all the time in combat. And some, sometimes it's easy to forget, but... Those bigger questions about bigger resources, I think, are super interesting and a you know super opportunity yeah, for role play. That is um, true. And you can have you know, if you have a group of player characters that know each other quite well and know how they all work, and one is a bit more selfish, it's totally within reason for that person to be like, "Don't waste your diamond on him. Use it for me if I die." in our next encounter and then that's such a weird morbid situation to put everybody in i kind of love it but of how awkward it would be (laughs) yeah it's true we we've actually had the the opposite happen where like all of a sudden they they had a character that was unrevivable because i personally is the i use the uh the resurrection rules from matthew mercer i don't know if you know those uh no but it was something that i wanted to talk about later on so pop that in the parking lot Okay, yeah. But, uh, so I used those rules, and one of the characters became unresurrectable, and uh, they actually still took the body with them because they wanted to bury them, um, mm. because the character itself was a was a bard, and I at that point just happened to have a city of bards, mm-hmm. where the greatest performances in the world were were had, and so they actually took the body with them to the the stage and actually buried the character underneath the at that point rubble of the stage but that's a completely different story um mm-hmm. uh, actually buried the bard there and that was also just like well okay how are you gonna take her with you oh we'll just go and try to find a fridge <laughs> it's like <laughs> well okay sure go for it oh I, I, that's nice there did that lead was it like a wholesome 
thing they're doing this for and not some kind of weird post posthumous irony no it was it was actually it was pretty wholesome it just at a certain point in time went off on such a tangent because here's the thing and this this has very little to do with that but it's just such an such a stupid thing that happened one of so the the bard dies right and Mm -hmm. i'm one of those dms that doesn't really like to look at carry weight because i think it's boring so i tend to hand out bags of holding a lot to my players yeah yeah there's one downside to that they can put bags of holdings into bags of holdings either on purpose or on accident so at a certain point in time the barbarian entirely by himself goes to the dead bard and is like oh well i have a bag of colding here i'll put the body of the bard into the bag of colding not realizing mm. that the bard had a bag of holding on aha uh-huh. oh that's great and it's like well, oh that. no no <laughs> because the, the funny thing is he says like i'll put her or you know the bard into the bag of colding and i'll move on and we're like okay 15 minutes later the bard player who you know had switched characters at that point was like wait my old character has a bag of holding and the table just <laughs> freezes <laughs> and we're all looking at him like wait what that's <laughs> amazing we're all just no don't do this to me please had a couple of roles barbarian didn't realize so i had to make an entire new thing in the astral plane all of a sudden i was like no it was hilarious but it was so like yeah that no that that is an amazing story i love that 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 real i can picture like i don't know what you look like but somehow i can still picture the moment of everybody's faces at that table when that penny dropped and it's it's amazing i have a question actually off the back of that which is not really related but it's one that's bugged me for a little while Mm -hmm. and it's a question that happens often in terms of like when players don't remember but their characters would remember yada 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 so imagine it was a player character that had some kind of wherewithal some insight and and memory and and whatnot Mm -hmm. so as a dm say that player said i pick up the bard and pop him in my bag of holding Mm -hmm. like just innocently enough now as a dm are you going to say like would you just straight out say the bard has a bag presuming you know the bard has a bag of holding do you are you sure you want to do this or do you do you kind of keep that from them and just assume that they have remembered but their character might remember but the player doesn't remember like that that sticky situation there i think this is a good vehicle to discuss that that topic so i don't know what your thoughts are on that that's i think that's a very interesting question because for me that depends on several parameters Mm -hmm. the biggest one of course being the intelligence of the character themselves Mm -hmm. like i'll be far more lenient towards a wizard playing like with 20 intelligence yeah. then towards in that case for example a barbarian with nine yeah <laughs> um because you know intelligence is literally do you remember stuff yeah the second thing as well is if like the first like you can kind of see this is like the passive intelligence if the passive intelligence doesn't cut it one of the things i will usually do is i'll go like you know make a history check and mm-hmm. I'll put like a DC on it. Usually that's like 15. Or if I think it's like a really something that happened like three months ago, I'll go to like 20. It's usually not mm-hmm. the easiest check because, you know, it's not supposed to be necessarily easy to remember every single tidbit of information. Yeah. But I do want to give my players the chance to remember these things like up front. Mm-hmm. If it's literally something that happened like, you know, two minutes ago or not two minutes, but like two hours ago, then maybe I'll go to like 10 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um but usually, you know, that's the second check. And then other than that, there's also like the discussion with the players. Because if like, you know, four out of the five people are like, well, I would have mentioned that or well, we would have talked about this or well, this yeah. and this and that. And they can give me a good enough like explanation to why said character should have remembered this piece of information or should have had this piece of information then i might also go like well okay sure either you get advantage on the check or you know what it's fine Mm. you get to remember it the problem is in this case barbarian nine intelligence it was something that not necessarily would have been something the barbarian would have remembered and all of the other player characters weren't actually present when this happened Mm-hmm. so all three of the parameters weren't Perfect there storm. yep so yeah it just at that point i was like make your history check completely botched it i think rolled like below a 10 
Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, no, you don't remember. You go ahead. Yeah. So, yeah, you put it in. Because the, the worst thing is usually the, the bag of holding thing says you just get sucked in. I actually gave my player the the the, cho- the chance to roll a, a strength check. I was like, DC's 25. He actually rolled a natural 20 on it. Ooh. At which point, however, because technically the bag of holding is like – you know, by your side. So not the entire body would have been in the bag of holding the moment this explosion would have happened. My player literally asks me, would I still see a part of the bard going into the portal? At which point I'm like, yeah. At which point his reaction is, no, fuck that. I'm jumping after her. (laughs) Right after a natural 20. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to save you from this. Don't do this to Okay, yeah, here we go. (laughs) That's so good. That's such a great story. It's it's beautiful. (laughs) Especially because we then actually had three sessions where all of the other players were allowed to make new characters who had been stuck in the astral plane. Amazing. And they were allowed to save the the uh the barbarian at that point. It was Mm beautiful ended with like a large fight against an astral dragon who was like protecting the the gateway back it was mm. i think we've th- that was like one of the big highs of that campaign mm. it was beautiful i just imagine the <laughs> the rest of the party left on the material plane just like where where is the barbarian he was meant to meet us here 20 minutes ago before he just like pops into existence he's like, oh yeah sorry i'm late i you won't believe what the fuck just happened to me. <laughs> Pretty much. They actually had gone over to another city at that point, the moment the barbarian came back. And they like just lost two other characters to a Hydra. And then all of a sudden the portal just like boop opens. He falls into the water and they're like, hey, guess what happened to me? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Where were you? <laughs> Oh, amazing, amazing. I think I think it's it's great in those situations where the DM and players have that familiarity to know each other and to, to kind of meet each other in the middle, which is where I think sometimes some of the the nuance can be lost if you're playing with like a pickup group or a random one shot or whatever, because like with my players I know that they can be very forgetful and so I will say like if that was a hypothetical situation that happened to them, I would probably say you know he has that right like just just to be aware like your character knows this thing and then they go ah thank you yeah you're right sorry in that case i probably wouldn't have done that and that's because i know that they are forgetful and it isn't like malicious or they're you know they're trying but of course course. but but also the second thing is i know uh, more with some of them rather than others but even if i say that and this is literally something that's happened before i've said you know if you do that x will happen and he's gone yep (laughs) <laughs> so like he is he is completely you know they are completely on board with like yeah i know the repercussions i am this is me role playing here and i'd like to you know hopefully one day i can get to a place where I d- we don't have to have that little blip of in the middle and we can just just with a shared glance know what the other person is doing um and, and likewise in the in the game i play as i feel that i am a very um you know, candid and honest player. And if the DM says something to me, I'd be like, well, would my guy, would Quinn, who is funnily enough, a 20 intelligence wizard, mm-hmm. like, would, would he know that? Like, come on, meet me here. Would he know that? Yeah. Okay, fine. Then this is what I'll say instead. So yeah. there, there, uh, yeah, there, there is a, it's a, it's a delicate one, but I think it's lessened by that familiarity between players and DMs to know when people are, I mean, having the, fun in the or... end the the basic answer to the question is just talk it over with your players and yeah. it'll be fine mm-hmm. you know it doesn't always have to be the perfect like it doesn't always have to go the perfect way for it to be fun and it's just like if you talk it over with your players and everybody agrees just go for it mm. yeah you know? that's what happened back then as well <laughs> and i mean you know first of all just remember that all of this is off of a player death and mm-hmm. second of all you know the barbarian was like yeah let's go so you know <laughs> yeah, then great. you go for it that's so in in theme for uh, this barbarian that i'm picturing in my head i love it yeah. <laughs> um let's talk about the mechanics for a little mm-hmm. bit so we've talked uh, a lot about the higher level stuff and i wanted to get your take on a couple of the lower level bits so mm-hmm. now i know you use the alternative resurrection rules but one step before that a 
valid criticism, well, maybe criticism isn't the right word, a valid fact about combat in 5e is that it can be quite yo-yo-y when you hit zero points. Cure wounds, you're back up, one hit, you're back down. Cure wounds, back up, one hit, you're back down. This yo-yo effect. So I don't know if you've got any thoughts on that, any potential alternatives or fixes, or how maybe it's never, not even an issue for you at all. Um... Ironically enough, I'm working on a fix, um, <laughs> but it's not finished yet. So I'm still tweaking it and trying it out with a couple of groups. I didn't, I didn't know that before recording, listeners. No. Just to be <laughs> full disclosure. Yeah, no, this indeed, is... <laughs> indeed. I'm sorry. No, I, I actually, um, I am working on it. I'm working on on lingering damage rules because I've been wanting to play around with that a little bit, and mm-hmm. those were also going to come into that. But vanilla, honestly, I will say for me, I've never really had a problem with it but i think that's mostly because of the nature of 5e where Mm -hmm. one of my one of my best friends describes it the perfect way in 5e you're supposed to be a bunch of superheroes yeah that's literally it you're supposed to be a bunch of superheroes that can win right so for me that yo-yo effect has never really been a problem because at the same time, it's like, well, you know, you're down, you're back up, you get to do your turn again. You're down, you're back up, you get to do your turn again. It's fun. It's supposed to be like that. Whereas mm-hmm. compare that to like a system like Dread, you know, I don't know if you if you know the system, one of my favorite systems today, mm-hmm. it's pretty much just like, well, the tower collapses, right? Because it's with, a, with a, you know, the Tower of Dread and you have to make mm-hmm. pulls. Okay. If the tower falls, you die. Just dead. <laughs> At which point, that's the system you're going for. You're a weak commoner that has no extraordinary powers. You just have your tools that you've learned during your life. That's it. Mm. So if you die, you die. But that's the nature of the game, which is, I think, why I've had less of a problem with it in like a 5th edition setting. Do I agree that it is maybe one of the weaker points of 5th edition? Definitely. Do Mm. I think it's a problem? No. Oh, okay. That's a, that's, a, that's a good way of looking at it, that it, it, it is what it is. It's, it's doing what it was designed to do. And I yeah. absolutely like, it is certainly wish fulfillment. Fifth edition is very much like the superhero fantasy yeah, exactly. game. And in, in addition to that, and I think that's also one of the things, like one of the things that a lot of people are, of course, you know, always going to say, especially in bigger groups, is if a character drops unconscious, they don't really have a turn. They can't really do anything, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like, oh, you're just, it's like, it's your turn. Okay, roll a d20. 17. Perfect. Next one. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I can't do anything. Can't even role play. So, you know, mm-hmm. that also helps with that aspect of, of tabletop RPGs where an unconscious character can't do anything. It's easy to allow them to still be able to do something. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's also that aspect, I think. I see what you mean. Yeah. So, it, you know, rather than just watching them make death saves, it's, it's, they, they want to make it easy to stand back up so they can be involved in the combat again. I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. I've seen other suggestions around that. Like, say someone is just making death saves. It, you know, I've seen people suggest, like, you ask them, you know, their life is flashing before their eyes. So the DM says, like, name one memory from your childhood that Ooh, you remember I actually fondly. do like that. Ooh, I hadn't heard that one before. I like so that, that one. Some, yeah, that's something you can get the players to do if indeed they're not being rescued by their companions um Ooh. and you can be like your life flashing before your eyes as you're you know you're on death's door name some memory from your childhood and it gets them to be like oh i've literally never thought about that as many players yeah. don't often do so it's like oh yeah well, i was oh. eating you know and again that's probably a table-based thing because yeah probably the, 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 the cost of that is x number of other players delaying their turn for mm-hmm. however long this guy wants to make up bollocks so it's 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 a Again, a balancing act, I think there, but at least something to do if you know on the odd on the odd turn that they do just get to make that roll. And the other the, the other annoying thing is that I think technically rules is written, you make that roll, quote unquote, at the end of your turn. So if you start pass, is, is it no? Because I thought it's if start you start of your turn because if you roll a natural twenty, you get to take your turn. Uh, do you? Is that, that is actually a rule because we have good. to look that up at a certain point in time. Because I have misremembered that the opposite way then, in which case. <laughs> yeah, I am almost 100% sure because we, me and, and like a buddy of mine is, is kind of a stickler for the rules. He doesn't mind it if I bend them, but he does always want the rules as written to be known. Yes, and at a certain yeah, yeah. point in time, there was this question of like, do you take your turn if you roll a natural 20? We looked it up and it was like, yeah, you do. So yeah, no, I do know that one. 
Uh, yeah, so no, I I have also investigated that and have just completely misremembered it. I knew it was at one extreme, uh, and clearly I was <laughs> at the wrong extreme. I mean, to be fair, if you're the DM, it's your call. If it's at the end of your turn, it's at the end of your bloody turn. Not my problem. <laughs> okay, that's good then, because that means then, I was going to say, like, you don't, even if you stand back up, you don't get your turn. But in this case, you do. Um, yeah. So that's, that's better than at least you do get, because I was going to say, that's a real you know, hitting them while they're down. Like, you stand back mm-hmm. up, but you don't get... And now I think about it, that makes a lot more sense. Especially because if you're at one hit point and they just hit you back, well, you're back down again. Your natural yeah. 20 just got wasted. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, precisely. So yes, that makes a lot more sense than my stupid memory is <laughs> is making out. I, I know I, I opened this discussion with like wow yo yo effect but have I had it too much the only time I really noticed it was when we did a level 20 one shot which was I'm not listeners when I'm not a huge fan of those things because makes two of us they, they just are just a fuck fest nobody knows what they're doing mm-hmm. they take way yep. too long it, yep. there's no opportunity for role play everybody's stomping around like gods fighting gods it's just there's no fun there in my opinion um so we were doing that and i was or we had a cleric and because the combat encounters were you know no the dms don't have a lot of experience balancing counters for 20th level understandably mm-hmm. so because like 0.3 percent of campaigns get there mm-hmm. the, ca- the the combat was super swingy so of course it didn't take many hits for even a level 20 character to just beat down yeah so then the healer's like well i, I guess i'll heal him and even like a ninth level cure wounds can be super shit. <laughs> yeah. It can be super lackluster. Like nine months. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's fifteen HP you get back, or maybe twenty out of a character that's got two hundred HP. Like it's just that's a ninth level spell. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, Should have just used wish to be like hundred percent health. Like uh, don't even want to bother. I know there are higher level spells that can heal more and so on yeah. and so on. But when you're confused as fuck as to the nine billion spells you've got. To learn in the three seconds i think it's mass heal that's just like oh you get to just give 700 hit points yes yeah and you can like distribute them out yeah um but yeah as i said that's a problem of playing at level 20 like you don't unless you want to read two thousand words of spells before you start playing which no person does want to do thank you for making me feel bad about myself (laughs) (laughs) you nerd (laughs) i I have a buddy of mine who just like the same friend who's a little bit of a stickler for the rules he just loves looking at like high level builds so i know all of the shit that he tries to pull off it's like hey i can cast wish to make a million clones of myself please don't (laughs) (laughs) oh god yeah no no thank you Uh, well you you proved me wrong about my memory thing about the death saves things i gotta come back at you at some point and <laughs> uh, so yeah that, that that was an example of a, we had a bit of a yo-yo because the healer mm-hmm. he'd kind of built himself to be this level 20 healer so he was like well i guess my job is to bring people back up let me cast these spells womp the level 20 you know cr 35 enemy just bonks you back down for 70 hp like oh Oh, it's a waste of two turns almost <laughs> rather than yeah. one. And it was it was very like but I get the I get the impression that was symptomatic of a, it being this level twenty one shot. I, I feel if we'd leveled those characters up, there'd be less of that. Yeah, it's possible. Because you'd have more like stuff that you would have gotten and stuff, like more magical items and all that. Yeah, it's and true. Understanding of, of your of each other as classes and, and whatnot yeah, and true. battle. And you would have grown bit by bit, which also helps because you mm-hmm. learn your, your abilities like one by one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That helps. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I think I think it's nice to reframe it like you said positively, like that's the way it's meant to be, to be like I've only just started. You, you know, I can do this all day, like proper, like, <laughs> you know, when they get healed, just to stand back up again, just classic, you know, Captain America, like, you can keep hitting me down, but it's a piece of piss to stand back up because I'm a superhero, baby. <laughs> yeah, indeed. So yeah, I, I need to think about that a little bit more. But um, on that note, have you ever, I've known, so my gibbering mouth, for example, was, I think there's only like a round left in combat, so and it was it was quite a 
uh, gory death. So it's quite easy for me to narrate it and make it emotive. But have you got any experience with like anticlimactic player character deaths? Like my vanilla example earlier on of like the bandits, a lucky bow from the archer in the woods. Oh, the cleric goes down and no no one happens to be around to save them it's the clerics no one's got some healing spells and they just die like on round three and there's three more rounds of combat left like there's just uh, there's, there's no yeah. narrative there there's nothing exciting mm. other than they get hit by an arrow Ooh, they die at the end of combat it's just like ah, oh, shit he's dead i guess <laughs> i have an example of one where i've been extremely close mm-hmm. and i have an example of one where it just flat out happened Okay. So the example where I've been extremely close is really short. It's just a uh, very first session I ever ran. The bard decided to be on top of the carriage. The goblin decided to shoot said bard and rolled a natural 20. Mm. If you roll a natural 20 at level 1, usually your player goes down. Yeah. Doesn't help if the rest of your party doesn't have any healing magic. <laughs> So the uh, remainder of said combat, because one of the funny things, it was the first session we ever played, so all of my players kind of forgot to add their proficiency bonus to their attacks, uh-huh. which doesn't help if your goblins have 15 AC. Nope. <laughs> um, you know, but pretty much the bard went down, and the funny thing that happened is the bard stayed down for the next four rounds. Shit. And it was literally roll one was a success, I think. Roll two was a su- was a fail. Roll three was a fail. Roll four was a success. Oh. It was like, oh, okay, we're at the fifth roll. <laughs> the classic, yeah, five rolls. So, like the literal two two. And the sorcerer had said, like, can I use like my my ray of frost to kind of try to like mend the wounds a little bit and i was like you know you can just do a medicine check but i'll allow it (laughs) it was like well i'll just do that because it was a higher bonus and i was like okay it's a success you get advantage on the death save first roll of the bard was a five we were all just looking at that die like oh my fucking god what just happened second roll was an 11 okay we're like okay you're fine you're fine you're behind the cart that's on fire because our sorcerer rolled two natural ones on fire bolts (laughs) Which might be why he was on healing duty at that point. But okay, you're fine. I think. <laughs> for now, for the next round yeah. of combat. <laughs> exactly. So that was the close uh, the close call. And then the other one was a little worse, was we had a large skill fight because I was playing with a party of seven players, at which wow. point you have to make you know large encounters. Yeah. And it was this very large fight against what they thought was the big bad evil of the campaign. But it ended up being a simulacrum of that character. And they were fighting him. And at a certain point in time, the bard, again, the bard. Oh, by the way, fun fact, I am known as the bard killer in my campaigns. (laughs) Because every single bard that has ever played in my campaigns has not survived. (laughs) It's not because I hate the class. It just happens. I swear (laughs) I'm not doing it on purpose. And yet people keep making bards around me. I don't know why. They keep doing it. Anyway. (laughs) <laughs> exactly back on track so the, the the character is pretty much at a certain point in time you know we're doing the fight and it was such a large fight we had to split it up into two sessions problem was the bard wasn't able to make the second session so during that fight because of circumstances the bard drops unconscious mm-hmm. and i was like well shit i don't really want to kill him so i no. purposely did not focus the bard yeah until i accidentally used an area of effect spell <laughs> calculated the area and kind of rolled the damage and all of a sudden noticed wait bards in that effect (laughs) bards dead yeah okay how are we gonna explain that to his player now oh shit yeah and i was like yeah okay so that was like one where i was like i don't know how to do this (laughs) oh yeah that was that was how like that sucks, man. I'd hate to be yeah. that player. So how, how, exactly. did you, how, how did you take it? How did you do it? Um, we literally, after the session, three of my players who were faster than me just sent him a message. Well, Quinn's dead. <laughs> it was also a Quinn, by the way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And the, the guy didn't want to believe it because it was like, you know, the rest of the party tends to screw <laughs> around with those kinds. Of, every single time when a player's not able to make it, it's yeah, like, well, you, we killed you, your player. Yeah, absolutely. So it was like yeah. that, you know. You've got, you've got a backup like, character, right? Yeah, yeah you know, you've got a backup character, right? Yeah, exactly. And at which point I was like, um, dude, I legitimately might have accidentally killed your character. 
And I remember there being like a silence of like five minutes until I got a reply <laughs> back, which yeah. was like, oh. <laughs> and I was like, well, um, so make a backup. <laughs> I get, that could have gone a lot worse. <laughs> there, there is a cleric on the island. You can ask to get resurrected, but there is a chance, especially since this is, you know, your third death. Wow. That also didn't help. <laughs> it was like, I felt really bad at that one. I actually, yeah. I really felt really bad that time. And no, I was that, like, fuck. There's not, I, I feel for you because there's, I've, you know, th those AOE spells, I think are a classic PC killer. Yeah. Um, you know, if they're down, right. it's so easy, like you said, and I think fair, especially doubly so when the player's not there to not focus that character. You, usually I would say the dice fall where they may if they are at the table and it makes mm -hmm. sense for the enemy to do a coup de gras. They yeah, they exactly. do it. But if they're not there, then fair enough, I'd probably put that to one side. But AoE's so easy to not have that in the forefront of your mind to just be like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, they are in that range. And funnily enough, that a similar thing happened to me. My guys, six guys, were fighting a mummy lord who has... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they have spells and one is like insect plague it's like the yeah. AoE that just stays it's just like a persistent area mm -hmm. of effect that hurts people if they're in it and two of the enemies you know two of the players went down in it and I think I think they even got one free round because I'd forgotten that they were in there so I guess it can work in both ways but it mm -hmm. wasn't until I was like oh shit you guys are still in that AoE aren't you on the floor yep I was like roll well I'll roll damage but that's a failure because you're taking damage <laughs> when you're, you know, making saves. So it was like two fails. And then that's when people are like, ah, we should probably like try and retreat and pull them out of there because they're just getting fucked by these insects. And I was like, yeah, there's, I was like, there's mag, like, it's pretty grim. I was like, there's maggots, you know, crawling into the open wounds that they've got because this is like quite deep into the combat. So I was like, yeah, it's, it's, they, they ain't, like, if they stay in that, I missed. <laughs> they're not, yeah. they're not getting out. Uh -huh. Uh, and then, sure enough, uh, they one did die, and we went on a, a fun little mission to uh, to bring him back. Yeah, tr try having a fight where you're fighting on a ship, and all of a sudden, one of your characters drops unconscious in the water. Yeah, because you're not allowed to heal characters that are drowning. Oh, is that? This is great. Is, yeah. is this more rules as written? You are not. Yep, indeed, because it actually at one point fucked me uh, when I was playing in a one shot. Uh, one of our players was underwater and you're not actually able to heal characters that are underwater while they're unconscious. Oh man, you've just made so, a lot of nefarious DMs very happy, including uh -huh. myself. That is such that is, a that is, dick move. Yeah, that is a rule, especially because I'm playing an island campaign. So, um, and the funny thing was, it was a character in heavy armor who all of a sudden went unconscious underwater. You know... Try, try dragging your 300-pound friend mm. out of the water in the middle of combat while your ship is sinking to the bottom of the ocean mm. while there's still 10 dudes attacking you. You know, <laughs> have fun with that. Go yeah. for it. Yeah, player ended up dying. <laughs> Underwater. They ended up having to, like, one of the players ended up having to transform, like, with a one-time ability into a giant beast just to bring the body up out of the water. Christ. And then the worst part is then the resurrection ha resurrection ritual happened and it failed. <laughs> Which is like, oh no. Mm. Oh no. <laughs> oh, I don't, so where whereabouts in the rules is that then? Is that under like drowning or healing? I think, or... I think it's near water combat. I don't remember exactly where it is. Oh, that's probably why that off putting the DMG somewhere buried away. Yeah, uh, somewhere along those rules that no one ever reads until they <laughs> actually need them. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you know, yeah. I recently found out how riding combat works. I, I, you, I, mate, I literally, I was just about to say, the Paladin casts Fine Steed, and in every DM everywhere is like, give me a second, because... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I don't know how mounted combat works. Exactly. Yep. You, you read my mind, because that's classic. Literally thing. happened to me a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like, what the... How the fuck do I do this? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that is that is very because there's so many situations where like you know water elementals that can like absorb creatures and then just dive into the water and swim away at yep. like 180 <laughs> foot if they dash. Yep. Like they're that's straight up GG. Even before they were you know they can try and escape, <laughs> but if they're down on zero HP, that's 
that's game over. It's even more fun if the water elemental was summoned by conjure elemental and it just broke concentration and now the elemental's evil. Oh, oh. That happened to me <laughs> two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> so it like, attacked its its summoner then? Yep. Ah. And it was underwater. Different situation, by the way. Always have an escape plan with those risky conjure spells. Like, be prepared to get the fuck out of there if you lose yep. control. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, that's crazy. So I know you mentioned there about the you. They tried the resurrection and it mm -hmm. didn't, and it failed. So can you tell us a little bit more about the kind of the extended, the critical role way of doing things? Yeah, sure. So um, I think the basic rule set is. Um, there's technically two types of resurrections, which is Revivify, which is the one action resurrection, right? Yep. The third level spell, 250 gold piece diamond, I think. Yeah, com Combat Revive, I like to call that one. Yeah, exactly. And then you have the fifth, seventh, and ninth level resurrections, which all, I think, take an hour. Mm -hmm. uh, so Raise Dead for fifth, Resurrection for seventh, and then... True uh, Resurrection? True Resurrection. Yeah. yeah, exactly. True Resurrection for ninth. Mm -hmm. So the um, rules as written, because I do use a slightly different version, mm -hmm. is if you cast Revivify, so the third level spell, uh, you have to make a wisdom check. And if that wisdom check succeeds, uh, then the character is resurrected. Okay. If the Revivify fails, you cannot no longer resurrect said character with Revivify specifically. Oh, okay. Then the one-hour versions... So the fifth and the seventh level version is pretty much there's an hour long ritual that is prepared. In that mm -hmm. hour, three characters have to make, and I call this a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. What that means is they have to give the dead character a reason to return to this mortal plane. So, you know, a bard might play the, play, the character's favorite song, a, a cleric might ask for help from their deity, you know. Mm -hmm. At which point the DM says, make a yada, yada, yada check. Yeah, a relevant check, yeah. Exactly, mm -hmm. right. Make this check, um, and then you see if that check succeeds or fails. There's three checks, right? And every single time the players succeed a check, the DC goes down by three of the final check. Every single time you, yeah, every single time you fail, the final DC goes up by one, so it becomes harder. The starting DC, both for the revivify and for the ritual is 10 plus the amount of times that the character has previously died. Okay. So, for example, if a character has died two times and you wish to resurrect them, then the DC is, uh, for the third resurrection, would be 12. Mm -hmm. Which uh, is described in the book, I think, as the more you get resurrected, the more your soul gets disconnected from the mortal plane. Yeah. In addition to that, uh, because there's a little bit of a downside to revivifying. Every single time you um, revivify a character unsuccessfully, the DC also goes up by one. Okay. Right? So you can't just revivify and be like, oh, I'll just try this now for 250 gold pieces. No, if you fail on the revivify, you also fuck your player because at that point their DC also goes up. Hindering the, the resurrections and the race exactly. deaths. Yeah. Indeed. The only, and that's the one thing from that rule set that I don't do, is that true resurrection so-called immediately succeeds. Okay. I don't do that. I just give advantage to the final check. Okay. Because I still want there to be that risk even at the highest level mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of a character dying. Yeah. And the reason that I, I love these rules, I think these rules are beautiful. Like, it's unbelievable. And the reason for that is one of the fun things that this rule set does is even if you have like a sad death of a character that just gets, you know, shot by an arrow and dies. Yeah. One of the fun things this does is this forces your players to think about their connection to their dead friend. Mm -hmm. This forces them into a situation of like, how can we bring this character back? Right. Because otherwise it's like we're just a bunch of idiots that are playing a game together. Now it's like, <laughs> tell me why this character should come back. If you're going to half-ass this, your DC is going to be so bloody high, you're never making this check. Yeah. Right. If you're just like, oh, I'm just gonna play a random song. Okay, make a performance check. DC's 25. Excuse me. <laughs> no, you know, I uh, or but then you have, for example, the bard who's like, well, you know. 
a couple of, uh, of months ago, we both went together to a feast and there was this large dance happening where, you know, uh, the, the dragonborn paladin's eye fell on this lovely dragonborn girl <laughs> that was dancing alongside. And I still remember that song in my head and I want to play that for him now as he lies here dead cold. And you're like, okay, DC's 10. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Seriously. At that point, that's so, and you can make such beautiful moments from that, even more so because now you know I have one beautiful example that to this day still you know gives me chills. There was a moment where one of my players was playing two characters because uh, you know he'd had to have a backup character and then his other character you know completely different story. He's playing two characters. One of those characters died, and he was like you know. I, I kind of don't want to keep playing two characters. So I think even if the resurrection succeeds, I'm going to let him move on. Yeah. Like you can still choose. The soul can choose yeah. to be like, exactly. no, I'm, I'm done. You know, that's in the, in the, in the rules is written as well. Mm-hmm. Right? And one of the things that I did at that point was the, uh, the characters did the resurrection ritual and succeeded. So what I did was, okay. Um, store, which was the name of the character. Your soul ascends from your body. What are your last words? And the entire table just looks at the player who didn't know this was going to happen. And he was like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go back to where I belong. And I remember that a couple of people were just so quiet. And I think there were like a couple of people that were just like this close to maybe even shedding a tear at that point. Because it was like, holy shit, what just happened? Yeah. And just, you know, player moves on and you get such beautiful moments from that. It's actually insane. That was the moment I completely fell in love with that rule set. <laughs> Amazing. I'm going to have to check that out. I mean, I've not had too much opportunity for it. It's, I'm going to tell you an anecdote now that it's going to sound so shit in, compa- <laughs> in comparison to that <laughs> lovely picture you just painted for right. us. Um, but that, funny enough, it was, it was one of the players that died there mummy lord insect plague mm-hmm. it was coming up to christmas time there was already the precedent of there being a holy man in the village they were in so i was like i'm gonna write a goofy christmas one shot that is what they have to do to revive him mm-hmm. and so what <laughs> why does they go they go and they go and speak to this this stupid npc or this stupid voice um and he's like, yeah, yeah, I can do it. But we have to, like, the problem that this, you know, this character's got is it's like inside of him. So we have to go in, in you know, inside of his soul to to get the root problem out. So, mm-hmm. like, get ready. And it was like a honey, I shrunk the kids kind of thing. They, But metaphysically rather than physically. But they're like, we're going to go uh-huh. into his psyche. And it was like uh-huh. the Grinch, because um, it's Christmas time. Yeah. But all the NPCs were that cat like the dead character they all had his face and it was the classic it was like being uh being john malkovich was essentially the 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 theme i was going for so they had like their you know their npc uh, excuse me their player character there walking around with a big breasts and he he didn't have big breasts before dying uh and then loads of those kind of jarring like this is weird and uncanny and and why has everybody got his face and what the fuck is happening here Dan Lowe and I'm like nice. it's a Christmas one shot just just roll with it <laughs> why the flip not right yeah I mean, come on go for it so they they all had they had like a, a series of three challenges to do and you know all, all fighting Christmas themed monsters like a big Christmas tree a big snowman and then they fought like a you know an evil version of Santa Claus that was uh, a holy night or something like that um so, under the silent God. it was a silent night uh, spelled K-N-I-G-H-T, obviously, um, which is like a, yeah, uh, a mute evil paladin kind of thing. I'll, I'll have to find the, the source for that. Uh-huh. And then, yeah, that was it. They, they fought through this winter wonderland. They fought all these challenges and they, they get zapped out of his body and they, they bring him back to life. And he's a knob. So he's just like, all right, cheers, guys. And they're like, do you not want to know what happened? And he's just like, nah, I don't really care. You've I'm back up, so... Thanks, but of course you should have saved me anyway because I'm the best one. Uh, <laughs> that, that's pretty much all he had to say. <laughs> of on course, always. You know. But I had I had him play the NPCs for me. 
because obviously he wasn't Ooh. he couldn't do anything else so i was like here's your direction yeah. like here's parts of the script but feel free to ad lib and here's mm-hmm. the here's this character should be like this and this character should be like this don't tell them too much about that but otherwise you can do most of the heavy lifting this session. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh God, yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, she so was kind of sat beside me, and everyone was like, "Oh, why is why is he sitting over there? Because he usually sits over here." And I was like, "Well, that's just something you'll have to find out." <laughs> so that that was my uh-huh. kind of like Christmas goofy one-off way of reviving him. And they had that they had that you know they paid the guy and stuff, so it was it wasn't too much of a stretch. But. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to look into the these alternative rules next time. It looks like it's going to happen and isn't just the body's consumed and that's it, game mm-hmm. over. Um, yeah, indeed. Uh, God knows when that may, may or may not be, but they do get awfully close sometimes. That is mm-hmm. that's for sure. Um, uh, is there anything we've missed that you wanted to talk about? I've I've could we could talk about this stuff forever because it's just yeah yeah, there's just so much there like not only the mechanics but also the narrative and the rp and the storytelling and the world building it's a a crazy topic that weirdly doesn't well in most games other than yours (laughs) maybe doesn't happen that often (laughs) (laughs) unless you're a bard in seventh campaign (laughs) exactly (laughs) but is there is there anything like uh, anything that you really wanted to talk about that we might have missed um, I think there's one like thing that, that very heavily usually gets connected to death, uh, which is the extreme version of it, which is a TPK. Oh yes, yeah. Um, I think TPKs um, TPKs are a very difficult subject because every single player always thinks they they'll get into one. Yes, and they never do mm-hmm. uh, unless you're playing with me. Um, <laughs> um, but I think like TPKs also get a very bad rep because usually it's like, well, TPK campaign's over, and it's like. My reaction to that has always been like, no, mm. that's not true. Um, and I just, just be, to, to illustrate that, right? TP, if you ever have a TPK, one of the things that I've always tried to do, and I failed at it once, and I still feel bad about it, is just don't let the story end with the TPK and you'll be fine. Mm. And the, the way that I usually illustrate that is I, at one point, I had a TPK minus one hit point which uh, is my way of saying I had a TPK where one character survived with one flipping hit point. <laughs> I'm still mad at you, Liam. Um, <laughs> uh, he knows I'm talking to him. Uh, he keeps bringing it up. Um, and one of the things that we actually did at that point is because it was this large-scale fight and they had completely underestimated it. They had also strategically fucked it up. And I had <laughs> talked to my players Never run into a castle with a thousand zombies, which was literally the description that I gave you <laughs> with seven of you. That doesn't work. Just, just the okay. maths doesn't add up. Like, just the raw exactly. numbers. Exactly. You know, it's like, I just started rolling like 35 hits and I was like, here, die, die, die. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one of the things that happened is after that, you know, one character survives at one hit point, goes back to, to the guild because they were playing with a guild very close to death, makes it there. And I talked to it, uh, about it to my players. And we ended up kind of discussing what are we doing with this, right? How are we continuing the story? And there were a couple of uh, options. One of them was while you're, uh, you got killed by a servant of a, a larger demon mm. who sits in the underworld. Maybe your souls have been dragged to the underworld, which they already knew was a thing because the original reason that they went to fight at this castle was because one of their favorite NPCs had been murdered and their soul had been sucked to the underworld. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, I mean, logically speaking, now your souls have been sent to the underworld. Yep. So we ended up talking about it and it was like one option was you guys try to escape from it. The other option, which is the option we went with, was you all make new characters and you try to save your old characters with your new party. Yep which was beautiful. It was just like they all made characters that had something to do with the old party, kind of, again, bringing up the connections that they had, mm-hmm. and kind of like also expanding on the, the story of the guild a little bit, which was really fun. Mm-hmm. Started uh, going to the allies of their previous party, right? They had saved the Dwarven King at a certain point in time, so the Dwarven King sent forces with them. They went to, you know, um, the, the the temple of one of the old characters who, you know, was kind of a, a priest is there, stuff like that. 
went and fought. The second fun thing that came out of that is, of course, however, your souls now belong to me. So, the moment they reach the castle again, they all of a sudden see eight figures standing there. The old party. That was the moment where every single one of my players, audibly, it was just like, <laughs> Okay, sure, let's go with this. So, especially, like, I know one of my players is like a very emotional player and he just happens to be the one that had to kill his old character uh, and had to describe his death <laughs> and i was like this is such a happy coincidence i love it i'm i'm i would say like is this like the moment where i'm like i would say i'm sorry for you but i'm having too much fun <laughs> <laughs> and Pretty much, you know, they ended up saving their old party and I was like, you know, you get to choose which of the two you want to keep playing as and the other ones, you know, you might be able to keep as backup or whatever. But it was such an interesting little story for a couple of reasons. One, because, you know, he had that entire arc that wasn't planned. But two, one of the fun things of that TPK is their intense fucking hatred for the dude who had killed their previous party. <laughs> yeah. Because that was, it was like an ancient vampire kind of thing, you know, Count Viscus, you know, who yep. was like, you know, who they had fought once before and defeated, but he had escaped and now they fought him, they all died. And you just sense that, like, my original BBG that I'd been setting up for a year at that point, yeah, no, fuck him. We want this dude dead. <laughs> just this intense hatred where it's like, okay, chill, don't kill me. The vampire killed you, not me. I didn't do it. Crawling <laughs> across the table with their knives, yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. So, you know, um, so for pretty much, you know, TPKs can also be very interesting, but the same as with death. Just you have to make sure that you spend time on them and do them correctly and everybody will have so much more of a fun time out of them mm -hmm. because yeah. you can do so much with it. Yeah, it's it's a springboard. Yeah, exactly. I think I think that's the 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 the, the bookend to this discussion is that it's a TPK, single person, NPC, whatever, they can all be a springboard for new and exciting opportunities to to role play and to grow as players and and their characters yeah exactly the uh and now to spoil that wholesome uh soundbite the uh the, <laughs> the idea i had of like when you said they invented new characters to go and save the other ones i'm the for some reason i had a flash of inspiration all i could think of was like somebody who's in that party because one of the dead guys owes him money so it's not for like any wholesome like, oh, he was my brother and I'm going to go and save his yes. soul. He's like, no, that fucker owes me 4,000 gold and I'm not letting him get away with that by dying. I am <laughs> almost 100% sure one of my players was exactly thinking that. I am almost 100% sure. And if my party ever hear this, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that idea of being like, we've rescued you. Where's my money? <laughs> yeah. Pay me. <laughs> well, um, Thank you so much for that discussion. I mean, I did have, I mean, there's there's so much more. I, I you know maybe have you on for a future episode to talk about like the NPC side of things and how that. I would love that actually. Yeah, how that you know impacts the story and how that differs from player character deaths and all that other stuff. But otherwise, for today, uh, thank thank you for that great discussion. Thank you for having me. Uh, is there anything you would like to promote? Well, uh, biggest two things, I guess, would be um, our YouTube channel, Seventh Roll, uh, on YouTube, uh, where we are currently uploading a Deadlands campaign, and uh, we're also uploading the Demons of Imanad episodes, and I'm also doing uh, a playthrough of Pathfinder Kingmaker, which is a Pathfinder-based video game, which I'm actually oh, cool. a pretty big fan of. And I'm also, uh, and then the other side is the Twitch, twitch.tv slash Seventh Roll, where uh, I'm... Uh, where we stream Demons of Hymenaut specifically, and uh, me and a buddy of mine also tend to stream uh, RPG-based games. I'm currently streaming Solasta, Crown of the Magister, which is a 5e-based video game, which is really good and really needs a little bit more spotlight. Okay. And then we also have the podcast version, uh, which is pretty much, I think, everywhere, like Spotify, mm -hmm. Google, uh, all that fun stuff. Um, which is pretty much the audio version of like the tabletop RPG-specific uh, mm -hmm. episodes. Uh, so the gaming is not on there because that'd be pointless. You yep. need to see the gameplay for that. <laughs> but the uh, like the Deadlands, Demons of Imanads, uh, our old one shots that we did, uh, they're all on there. Uh, just the audio. Okay, awesome. I'm definitely going to check out those old that um, that five E game you mentioned because I wasn't really aware of any to be honest. So um, 
Uh, well, Baldur's Gate 3 is coming out, of course. Okay, now I sound like a big idiot because I am aware of that one, uh, of course. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, the reason I say that is because Baldur's Gate 3 is actually being created in my country. So I am a little bit oh. of an, uh, Yes, it is uh, created <laughs> in Belgium by a Belgian company. <laughs> um, yeah, you know. And then Celasta, Crown of the Magister, is a uh, is an indie game. So it's not uh-huh. as popular, but it's, uh, it's actually better than Baldur's Gate on some levels. It's okay. so good. Uh, Amazing. And there's well, mod support. So, ah, okay, great. Always good. <laughs> uh, lovely. So, thank you for that. And yeah, all that's left again is just to say thank you ever so much for your time today. It was a, that was a really fun and an interesting discussion. I thought. Yeah, uh, I actually had a lot of fun too. Amazing. Uh, thank you to everybody for listening at home. As usual, check out all the links and references and everything else in the description. Uh, be sure to check out all the seventh row stuff as well because. Uh, I guess if you like seeing bards die, that is up your street. <laughs> I just killed three players. None of them was a bard, but nobody was playing a bard. So, you know, it happens. So, so, so that is the, the, the price was then three players. Exactly. It was one bard or three other glasses. Exactly. <laughs> Pay me in bards, damn it. <laughs> uh, so, yes, everybody listening, go and check that stuff out. Otherwise, thank you all for listening and good night.